He-Man 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 Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. He-Man. 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 Have you seen the Toy Fair reveals, Matt? I have seen some of the Toy Fair reveals. And what did you think? Um, good. Overall, it was a good year. Nothing jumped out at me like last year of being so over-the-top awesome that I was, like, freaking out. But it was consistently good. See, I was reading a lot of people downplaying the reveals. And I gotta say, I thought there was a lot of cool shit. And I'm already signing checks that my ass can't cash because there's, like, so much that I want already. What interests you the most? Well, there's a lot of cool Batman and Suicide Squad stuff coming out, but there's also a lot of cool Masters of the Universe stuff coming out. Oh my god, well isn't this a coincidence? Why is that? Masters of the Universe is the subject of tonight's podcast. Are you kidding me? Can you believe it? I cannot believe this. Mm-hmm. We're going to ad-lib our way through one full <laughs> hour of He-Man <laughs> memories. Yes! And the Masters of the Universe! What did come out at Toy Fair this year? I saw some pictures, but I couldn't really figure out what I was looking at. It looked like baby He-Man figures, sort of. There's all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, and l- let me give a little shout-out to our friend Pixel Dan, because his coverage of the Masters of the Universe and Thundercats stuff coming out this year was the best, and it really got me in-depth with the action figures coming out. And that's what I'm really concerned about is the classics line. You know how they do Masters of the Universe classics? Right, is this the last year now? No, I think it's going to keep going, and they even have... Now they're doing the filmation versions of all the characters, which is uh, the Masters of the Universe classics figures were based off of the actual, you know, figure line that came out in the 80s. Right. And now they're doing the filmation versions, meaning these characters, how they looked in the cartoon. So it's like everyone who's collected these things, are they like saying, why didn't you just start with this, you motherfuckers? This is what we wanted all along. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying that. I got to be honest with you. I'm not as interested in the filmation versions because I really like that they came out with the uh, classic figures. You know, that's what I had when I was a kid. But there has to be, you know, you look at these figures from filmation, there has to be something said for them because they look so good. Lots of bright colors. They look like they jumped off the screen right into your box of action figures (laughs) purple stuff podcast episode 21 sponsored by maddie collector (laughs) yeah that'd be nice yep so yeah i'm looking forward to some of those new figures and we're also looking forward to the possibility of a new masters of the universe movie so this show is appropriate to celebrate all things masters of the universe and our memories and stuff like that so who's gonna start um, I could start. Good. Number one. Let me take you back to 1985, Matt. Okay. 
I went to see The Secret of the Sword in Movie City 5. Oh, you saw it in theaters. I did. I was Lucky a, motherfucker. Yeah, it was a huge monumental moment for me. But what it did was it opened the door for a lot of young female fans to like She-Ra because that was her introduction. So at that point, a lot of the girls I went to school with started getting really heavy into She-Ra. So when Halloween rolled around, I had already had the He-Man costume that I used many times. You, know, you mean the, uh, the Ben Cooper one? or ben, Yeah, the Ben Cooper Halloween costume. Right, yeah. with the uh, smock that looked like a <laughs> cake made out of man muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we mentioned it on the purple stuff before. But, you know, I would occasionally, I used it for Halloween, but then I would also use it whenever I, like, played He-Man, whenever I was pretending. Right. So when Halloween rolled around that year, my neighbor up the street was talking to me about Secret of the Sword, and she said, hey, we should both, you know, let's be He-Man and She-Ra for Halloween. So we worked it all out in advance. She got the Ben Cooper She-Ra costume. And, you know, when Halloween was uh, in elementary school, the school shut down. You know, like, you, you would... You would oh, go yeah, home. that was a major day. Yeah, you'd go home and you'd change and you'd come back and there'd be a parade and all this other stuff. So uh, we, I remember getting dropped off in front of the school and she was waiting for me. I walked up to her, He-Man and She-Ra, and, I, and we raised our swords and we crossed our swords. We were pretending like what they did in Secret of the Sword because... He-Man and She-Ra crossed swords when they were fighting. Right, you know, right. They uh, like they join their join their powers and then they merged into like a giant He-Man She-Ra creature. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, as I recall. <laughs> no, so they're fighting Hunga the Harpy, right? Uh huh. You know what a harpy is? Yeah, I, I, it's sort of like a, a gargoyle slash witch. Yes, yes, you're right on target with yeah. that. Yeah, amazingly. Okay, so. They crossed swords to defeat Hunga the Harpy, and so we we replicated that on the play, not the playground, but as we were going into school. Like this was before Instagram and San Diego Comic Con and cosplay. This was we were five or four, you know, right, right. little kids, and we were just trying to be what we saw on the screen that we loved so much. That was just a classic moment in my life. You guys must have been like heroes at yep. that school. We were heroes, and it's funny you said that, because not one other kid in our class was He-Man or She-Ra that Halloween. Really? As big as that movie was. Wow. So, yeah, I just, I love the whole idea that uh, Secret of the Sword started to spawn so many She-Ra fans that I was able to not only talk to my guy friends about He-Man, but also the girlfriends. Right, and the fact that the quote-unquote boy series and girl series ran concurrently... That was awesome. Yeah. It's like they were both popular at the same time for a while. And they did crossovers. Oh, I love the crossovers. I'm looking up this Ben Cooper Shira costume right now. That is yeah. uh, some outfit. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> she looks like she has like a buzzsaw going through her torso. <laughs> and what's with the unicorn right over the crotch? <laughs> are you Are you seeing this? <laughs> Oh, geez, you know, you're right. Uh, yeah. that, that's one part of it that I didn't really remember. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, okay. Although the mask is pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally and figuratively all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> that's
That's perfect. Uh Great memory. I love that. I never had something so cool happen to me, and I don't mean just when I was five. I mean ever. <laughs> I'm sure that lots of stuff cooler than that happens. No, I mean honestly, I'm picturing like it's one thing to go because everyone did that in Halloween. You'd go to school and like as your favorite hero, and you'd feel like such a badass. Yeah. But to have like a teammate. And yeah. to have like a whole bit you could do, yeah, and like, but we didn't really even plan it. We ju- it just okay. Let this is what we do when we're He Man and Shira. We go around posing and crossing swords. Yeah, <laughs> what the hell else would you do though? Of course, you had swords. <laughs> it's so funny. You just really get into character. You know, you put that you put that cheap plastic mask on and that five dollar smock, and you're you're He Man. You <laughs> yeah, know? totally. Okay, how about you, Matt? Masters of the Universe. The anticipation is immense <laughs> it's, you're I need that, with a knife yeah i need that music when they bring down the steel cage on raw something like that like a chimp <laughs> all right here we go with my first pick number two christmas comes to eternia and you'll want to be there it's the all-new he-man she-ra christmas special holiday cheer saturday at seven on tv2 my first memory is of watching the He-Man and Chira Christmas special on its debut night in December of 1985. Were you there with me that night? Spiritually, I, I'm saying. Uh, spiritually, yes, but I actually had to videotape it, and I have a whole story that I'll share with you when you're finished. Oh, man, oh I, I do want to hear it, because I want to hear what kind of occasion could have possibly been more important. <laughs> Than the He-Man is here a Christmas special. <laughs> okay, go ahead. A primetime network special. I was only six at the time. Yeah. And I can still remember the entire night with picture-perfect clarity. And it's not because I'm, I have such a great memory. It's just because it was that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three important things to note about the special, if you have not seen it. Right. One, it had pretty much everybody from both he-man and she-ra's cartoons right like every single character was at least there in the mm-hmm. background for a shot yep and meanwhile like if you watched a regular episode they kind of like be scattered so this was like a even today it's still a trip to see that it is yeah two we learned that skeletor and hordak serve a greater power called horde prime mm-hmm. who's kind of like a lovecraftian dr claw right exactly so that was also like, you know, you're you're there, you're watching He-Man at 8 o'clock at night. That's big enough. Then you find out that Skeletor has a boss. Mm-hmm. So, hot shit. <laughs> Three, and I know I'm running long here, so I'll try to keep this quick. This is the most important one, though. This was the episode where Skeletor went good. Mm-hmm. Cursed by the Christmas spirit. He helps out those Earth kids and their weird dog. <laughs> moaning and groaning about how he doesn't understand why he feels so compelled to do good things. <laughs> like, I watched this shit with my brother back in 85, and I don't see him often, but every Christmas, the first thing we do when we run into each other is quote the special. Yeah. And quote Skeletor, because even after 30 years, like, it still has that much of an impact on us. I mean, it's a classic uh, special. It's one of the best Christmas specials. I watch it every year. I mean, you know, it just puts you where you need to be. Right, I've often wondered, like, if someone didn't grow up on He-Man like we did, what mm-hmm. would their reaction be to this ridiculous Christmas special? <laughs> well, I mean, it is a little outlandish, no doubt about it. You know, yeah. the, the the plot and, you know, everything Skeletor kind of gets himself into. And it's, it's, it is a little crazy, but it's still awesome at the same time. So tell me now, 
Now that I've read the entire script for the special. <laughs> so I really think, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy, but I'm pretty sure I had to go to mass. I had to go to church. Church? Yes. Yeah. At night on a Friday or whatever it was? Thursday? I, was it a Thursday? I, I give it, I'm going to look it up. I don't know what day. I want to say we had to do something that was related to the holidays and we ha I remember recording it, but the only reason why I remember recording it is because I was so upset I was going to miss it. And it cut off the party scene where you see all the characters. Oh, the best shot in the yeah. whole special got cut and, off. Exactly. And I was so upset because I wanted to see all those characters. And I remember talking to my friends after it aired a few days later. And they're like, oh, did you see that guy and this guy? I'm like, no, what what show did you watch? You oh, know, because I didn't have it on my tape. And then they never showed it again until like... It was on like 6 a.m., like three years later. <laughs> so tell me, did you at least see Snout Spout use his giant elephant trunk to put the star on the tree? I, I think I missed Snout Spout. And... Oh, what a sad story. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the underutilized characters made cameos in that scene, and it was pretty awesome. So did you like throw a full-on fit? Yeah. Because like, you know, I, I, I would have been like, and I was, I mean, I'm a little older than you. I still would have been like setting shit on fire. Yeah, it was definitely a tough situation for me. I I I don't throw I didn't throw tantrums at a lot of stuff, but that was one of the things I did. But you mentioned Horde Prime, and the thing I liked about Horde Prime was that it was very much similar to, like you said, like a Doctor Claw type thing. Or uh, when you first saw uh, Emperor Palpatine, it, well, he wasn't Emperor Palpatine yet, but the Emperor in Empire Strikes Back when he was on the big. Um, Right Pop, when they Pop when they like superimpose like a monkey's face over a skull. Yeah, because you yeah. don't you don't quite know what you're looking at. You, you see a person with a hood on. That's yes. really about it. And and not the new version where they put you know. Oh God, where they have that guy freaking hamming it up like usual. No, we want we want that weird weird moment. Yeah, exactly. So, and I liked when you see the smoke and the lights and you don't know who he's talking to and when they actually released the figure of horde prime it really kind of like i'm like oh it was like a groan moment for me a lot of people loved the horde prime figure i think you liked it right well it was the actually the only uh one of the classics figures that i ever purchased right and in retrospect i can't say that it was the best one to pick it's a figure that I liked, but when you're going to spend $735 on one action figure, <laughs> I mean, like, maybe pick Mantena. That's what I'm saying. It's almost the same situation as the Dr. Claw figure that they finally came out. Oh, my out God, the Dr. Claw figure that looks like, oh, jeez, <laughs> like the fucking news reporter from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it's such a disappointment. When you don't know what somebody looks like, just leave it alone. You know, they're better off just coming out with, like, a big plastic piece of smoke. Uh, or lightning bolts or something because you don't know what he looks like just yeah. leave it alone that's the whole draw yeah and like it's just that voice and everything horde prime was awesome in the show but now that you see what he looks like it's like not that awesome because if he looked like that why did he talk to him through a pa system here's the thing and i i might be wrong about this but i believe the figure came with some sort of description alluding to the fact that it was sort of like his prehistoric form mm. am i right about that i don't even remember like that's how that's how he was before he became this like floating giant hand oh okay i got you i don't know i'm just trying to give him a pass i don't even know if that's true <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Christmas special is awesome, and that's a must-watch every year for the holidays. Yes, and that DVD, by the way, is like freaking 20 cents. They have it in so many packages and in such volume that nobody can get rid of their stock. <laughs> so if like you go on Amazon, it's like, we'll pay you to bring this to your house. What's funny about that is for so many years, you couldn't get it. You had to, and like before the internet. You know, oh, yeah, many- I bought the video. Well, when we got the internet, I got the video on eBay. And at the time, that was the only way to see it aside from like, yeah. I mean, there was no YouTube back then. No, I mean, there was no way to see it. I went years and years of not seeing it. I had it on VHS. But like I said, it was cut off. So it used to piss me off. I couldn't even watch it because it was like it angered me so much that there was parts missing from this show. No, I hear. Well, especially at such crucial at a crucial point in the special. Yeah. But eventually it came out, and that's all that matters. Well, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Number three. My next Motu memory. Motu. <laughs> my next Motu memory is of coercing my father and sister into playing He-Man with me. And when I say playing He-Man, I mean, you know, pretending. And I, that was one thing I constantly did when I was a kid was... Basically what a lot of people refer to as like role playing, but acting things out or, you know, coming up with your own stories. It's almost like LARPing, but I was a little kid, you know, (laughs) (laughs) maybe you invented it. I invented LARPing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for Christmas one year, I got a box that just said He-Man weapons on it. Right. And this had two swords, the silver power sword. And the -the glow-in-the-dark yellow sword, which was Skeletor's, right? Right. And it had the shield, the gauntlets, and the belts for He-Man. So this was something that I wanted desperately because it really allowed my imagination to run wild. And I used to beg everybody to play He-Man with me. And usually there was no takers on that one. (laughs) Yeah, well, let let me try to figure out why. Here, you take this yellow sword while I go put on my full-body He-Man suit. (laughs) So, yeah. So one fateful Saturday morning, I coerced my uh, dad and sister into doing this with me. So, you know, they knew Santa had recently brought me the sword and the shield. So they wanted to kind of indulge me for a little while. So, uh, of course, my sister, I had to make Tila and I made my dad uh, Skeletor. (laughs) So (laughs) my sister was like acting all over the top, like a middle school actress, you know, (laughs) right. And obviously she knew nothing about Tila at all. Uh, so it was like, I was just happy to have someone to pretend with me, you know, for a little right. while. So I wasn't the only jackass fighting the evil forces of Skeletor. So and, like you and your sister just like pelting him with pillows and shit? <laughs> yeah, it, it was more like, you know, he, we made a we made him stay in one room and that was Snake Mountain. And her and I were kind of like trying to pick up the trail and find where he was. And then we found snake mountain and whatnot but anyway so it was about seven minutes of my entire childhood but like it clearly was still burned into my memory till this day which is pretty amazing because they were such good sports about it and i i think it would be the one time that my sister actually joined in for (laughs) something like this right so it was like that's why i probably remember because like you know my mom wouldn't have anything to do with it of course you know (laughs) yeah moms weren't good for this kind of stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Like, they would buy you it, and that would be enough. (laughs) Yeah. Their part is done. Yeah. So between this and your memories of the costume, you really, I mean, like, just to put it out there, you're you're a huge Masters of the Universe guy. Yeah. Much bigger than I am. I can tell you this. 
I've only owned one sleeping bag in my entire life, and that was Masters of the Universe. Wow. Yeah. I know a lot of kids who've had multiple sleeping bags. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's they, the mark. national average is at least three. <laughs> that's a mark of your fandom, you know? Number four. Well, we have an item coming up which is a little bit scary, actually, but if you like spectacle and action, this entry was made for you. It's a wild-looking new float called Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power. Is that a good reading? I think so. All right. It's time for us to talk about that ungodly Masters of the Universe float that appeared at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1985 and 1986. Yes. I've been waiting for this. Oh, man. I've written about this plenty of times over the years and with good reason it is yeah. the most over-the-top awesomely cheesy thing anyone has ever seen yeah absolutely so the float first appeared in 1985 and it was actually like three floats in one had like these big gaudy set pieces for Grace Gull and for snake mountain and for crystal castle mm -hmm. then you had at least a dozen costume characters running all over the place and the choreography was like so loose that it was bordering really close to disaster. <laughs> like you're like this is the 1985 version. You're watching that and you're biting your nails, thinking, "Are they gonna pull this through? Like, is this gonna happen or is this not gonna happen?" And they just narrowly made it. But holy shit, it's out there. You know what? I really think someone needs to make a documentary about that float. I mean, you're saying the way you're describing it, you're totally downplaying it because I I think you'll never ever see anything like this again it is the most incredible thing in the macy's thanksgiving day parade history oh no don't get me wrong i mean i might poke fun but this was yeah. seriously the coolest shit ever yeah especially when like, you're a kid yeah like when yeah. you're a little kid especially in 1985 like it, uh, you, you you can't you wouldn't be able to believe what you were seeing like it was R just out of this world like it was like disney world encapsulated within 10 feet I'm in my mid-30s, and my jaw still drops when I watch that. I'm not even exaggerating. Please, I, I wrote about it, like, a few months ago. And I, I know. You know I, I put know. the video up for the first time in many years. Yeah. And people were, like, just in awe. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. But then we also have to talk about the 1986 version. Okay. Yeah. So, but, okay. But wait, wait. Before before you move on to the next one. Yeah. yeah. In in that in that float, they had He-Man, She-Ra, Orko, Skeletor, Hordak, Catra. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was yeah, no, it was crazy. It was just I was like the best thing you could ever see. But yeah. at the same time, if you're looking at it through an objective lens, it's so risky that you can't believe they actually did it. Yeah, like this float that's like eight hundred thousand pieces, barely holding together. Fourteen <laughs> characters who can't see shit in front of them because they're wearing masks. They're all dancing and battling, and they all got to do it to time and make sure they're facing hard camera. <laughs> like it's like a bomb coming down Thirty Fourth Street. <laughs> it was the Hindenburg. Yeah, <laughs> but you know it's the Hindenburg that didn't didn't end the way it ended. It, they pulled it off. Yeah, the He-Man Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> the the Hindenburg, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was all well and good. But then came the 86 version. Yeah. Now, do you think they would have learned their, their lesson the year prior and maybe, like, trim the fat a little bit? Yeah. But instead, like, they just said, you know what? Twice as much. Twice as much, baby. Put it all out there. So you remember the bad guy's squeeze? Yes. The the green snake with the 20-foot arms? <laughs> of all the characters to pick, like, I know they had to sell action figures, but there's a limit to how much you could do. 
they try to do a costume character version of Squeeze with these <laughs> arms that are like, you know, wacky waving tube men things just hitting everything in their path. <laughs> do you remember this? Yes, absolutely. And and I think Dolph Lundgren was like introducing it or something. He was there to actually narrate the entire sequence. Oh, yeah. So let me tell you, obviously he was there to promote the upcoming He-Man movie, 1987 movie. Yeah, and, and I love Dolph to death, but he did not have his coffee that morning. <laughs> I just, I remember him asking Sajak about Vanna White. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Sajak, how's Vanna? Here comes He-Man, powerful man, and there is Skeletor. They will battle for power. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're talking like, you know, which one's more over the top? The 86 version is way more over the top. I guess it's something like a Gaga concert tour. It's like, how is she going to top herself? <laughs> it's the and monster's then here, ball yeah, tour. Yeah, and then here comes, and then here comes Squeeze. Yeah, it really does. I wonder if Gaga took uh, <laughs> inspiration from this. Holy it's very, yeah, like if you haven't seen either of these parade videos, which are all over YouTube because everyone stole them from my old site. By yeah, now, yeah. Um, it is. I feel like if you've never seen it, it's very much like watching a crazy Gaga concert. It is. And one thing that's pretty cool, especially in the 86 version, is that you see a couple of characters from uh, Princess of Power, which is and, and, and the other characters, like you mentioned, you don't necessarily see costumes of these guys like they weren't showing up. Snout Spout wasn't showing up at Toys R Us on the weekends, you know. Right, right. Yeah, they only broke out like the top draws for those things. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this was a chance for the little guy to. You know, get to get mosey around in public. Yeah, yeah. Get, get some TV time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I will. I do have a confession, though. Okay. And I think you know this already, but. Uh, oh, yeah, I do know this. Okay, so I have the sword that He Man used in the 1985 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But so refresh my the, memory. Yeah, what it's was not this? the actual sword. It, what it is is it's a sword cast from the same mold from the sword in the '85 Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's and that thing's fucking enormous. It's enormous. It's light. It's lightweight, but it's yeah, enormous. but it's so big. Yeah, it's huge, and and it is exactly. It's like when you watch uh, like Secret of the Sword, for instance. It that's the sword. You know, it looks exactly the like from filmation. So I think it's finally time for you to tell me and the world how much you paid for that sword. Because every time I've asked, you've been like, uh, enough. It's a lot of money. (laughs) Dude, I just spent $100 on Ninja Turtles pork rinds. So come on, out with it. No, I mean, it's... It's Googleable, so I I can't incriminate myself. On all right, all right, I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> I mean, I'll never I'll never hear the end of it. It was twenty thousand dollars. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but the no. fact that you you joke so high means it was over a thousand. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I plead the fifth. Okay. Number five. Here stands Castle Greyskull on the rocky battle-torn planet of Eternia, locked within its cold walls, lie all the ancient wisdom and mystical secrets of ages past. I am He-Man, sworn to protect Castle Greyskull from the forces of evil by the force of my magical sword of power. (laughs) So, from all my Masters of the Universe memories, 
a lot of them were disappointments. And this one is definitely a disappointment. And there was a VHS tape that I got as a gift. Uh, it was a Golden Book home video. And I remember getting this as a gift from my, I think it was my aunt or my, my mom's cousin or something. And when I opened it up, I opened the wrapping and it, you know, had He-Man on it and it says Golden Book Home Video. Immediately, I was like, I was so young that I thought, oh, wow, I have episodes of the show on video. This is amazing. Oh, how, how wrong you were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was not coherent enough at that point to understand that this was definitely not the animated series. Right. You could see colors and make out shapes, but you couldn't really read the words. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't in a nifty clamshell case like the ones you'd see in the video store, you know? Lousy cardboard sleeve. Yeah. You, sh you should have known something was up. Yeah, something was amiss. So <laughs> when I popped it in for the first time, I was just so let down because it basically... All it was was like pictures from the He-Man Golden Book series put on video with an audio track that had like voiceovers and sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. And once in a while, you'd see like swords clash or smoke would billow onto the screen and occasionally something would move. So you knew it wasn't it wasn't only just pictures of the artwork. Right. Uh, well, they did some like. I, I don't know what you call it, sort of like rotoscoping to animate the storybook pictures. Exactly. And it's a lot like what they do now with the, they have like motion comics that you could download where uh, the comics are, they're not at fully animated, but certain things move and whatnot. So it's not like it, it's super antiquated. It's just, it was so odd because it wasn't what you were expecting at the time, you know? But you have to admit if you, when you watch those videos now, cause I have recently watched one, it's pretty cool. The issue I had is that I knew all those stories already because I had the books and I also had the records for a lot of them, you know, and in and, and this instance, like I probably read all the books ahead of time. So I like knew, you know, I knew what happened in them and stuff. It was just right. Kind of, right. Was, well, no, I agree. It's definitely a letdown if you're expecting to see like a cartoon. Yeah. It was just kind of like an odd thing, you know, to see that nothing moved, especially when you're a kid and you're expecting something animated and it's not animated that's the yeah one. no i totally i had one of those it was for a different series i can't remember which but i i know i never bothered with that tape and yeah i would play my few videos like hundreds of times like that was the only one that i just sort of like tossed aside i think the difference would have been is that if i had like the book and record it, it's more interactive because at least I would, i'd be turning the pages and listening to okay turn the page you know and then you you see and read and whatnot and listen to the audio it's a different experience than just sitting there watching it you're not actually doing anything right but i will say that like i having watched one of those videos recently i feel like it's a more sincere portrayal of the whole motu concept well, yeah, and, and uh, when you look back at some of the um, some of the mini comics, that's my favorite aspect of Masters of the Universe is the mini comics, not even the filmation show. Right. Uh, the mini comics is really what started it all, and they just released all of them in um, two volumes. It's an amazing book, and it's making so many of us so bitter because there are so many people who went out of their way to collect all of them, mm -hmm. and now it's just like all there for the taking. Yeah, you don't. You didn't need to spend, you know, uh, twenty dollars as a comic back when before right, people right. were buying. No, that's yeah. that's a great book. That's like one of a few great He-Man books that have come out recently. But yeah, shit, that's a yeah. good one. And what's awesome about that book too, uh, really quickly, is that uh, they they have little annotations at the bottom, and they'll say like, "This piece of art uh, shows um, this character with this color 
well, you know, and years later it became this color. It's like all kinds of little weird facts. It's like watching pop-up video for He-Man mini comics. <laughs> oh my god, that <laughs> sounds so great. <laughs> Here's the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so the tape wound up shoved all the way in the back of our VHS cabinet. I barely ever took it out, but once in a blue moon when I was like sick or if I exhausted all the other VHS tapes, I would pop it in. Because I liked the intro. It had this 80s music with like a voiceover. It was pretty the tremendous. The intro looked promising. Yeah. Like I, I was watching them like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm feeling yep. it. It feels like a movie studio opening sequence, only it's all He-Man. <laughs> yes otherwise it's a huge disappointment yeah. yeah and those tapes were like they weighed like two ounces yeah because they were only like 12 minutes you know yeah so like you would look they wouldn't even be like fun to look at because you could see how short the excitement was gonna be yeah you're right too and i remember um at one point when we discovered the whole scotch tape over the little opening on the vhs tapes we'd be looking <laughs> what could we record over so that was like the first thing that my dad wanted to record over, but it was only, it was so short that you could get like half a Smurfs. Number six. Okay, Jay, this next one is all about Modulok. Oh, yeah. That was my number one favorite figure from the entire Motu collection, and it still is today. If anyone out there has not seen Modulok, he's this, like, beastly red monster with two heads and all kinds of interchangeable body parts. Mm -hmm. It's like a Lego set as an action figure. That's exactly what it is, yep. Yeah, and as a kid, I wanted him so badly. Mm -hmm. Like, this is one of the times that I really, like, lost it. You know, some kids went crazy for Nintendo. You know, get me Nintendo, get me Nintendo, get me... Not me. It was mm -hmm. all about this this weird red guy. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Let me set it up for you. Saturday morning, whatever year it was. Watching cartoons like I always did. The commercial for this figure comes on, and like usual, I start freaking out. But something was different this time. Like, I snapped, like, Ralphie in A Christmas Story. <laughs> like, just seeing this thing on television and not, like, in my bedroom, it was too much to handle. I just start throwing myself into the, the furniture in our living room, and I start loudly praying to God for this thing to arrive. Please let me have Modelock! Please let me have Modelock! As I'm hurling my body into the couch, like, as some form of physical sacrifice. Completely and totally lost control. Just went completely primal over Modula. But here's the, here's the best part. Later that day, I had to go with my parents to meet my brother's fiance's parents. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you could think about when you're a little kid, like, could there be a fucking worse day? Oh, God. You know, a giant car ride followed by several hours of bullshit. So I guess my mother like realized that this was going to be a lot for me to handle. So we get in the car and she gives me Modulock. Oh my God. As a means to keep me occupied. You must have lost your mind. I, again. Well, I mean, like I did, but like she definitely didn't hear me praying to God. It was like seven in the morning. <laughs> and she, even if she had, she couldn't, she didn't have time to go to the store. So this was like my one proof that God exists. Like, sorry, third world countries. He's just there to help middle-class white kids get action figures. <laughs> it was a Modulock miracle. It was a Modulock miracle. <laughs> yes, perfect. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I can't say that I, I don't know if I ever displayed that sort of craziness to get something, but I could see you wanting Modulock a lot. I will say that when you were over here one time, you saw my uh, Motu Classics Modulock right. box, and you were getting a little uh, excited to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm always excited to see that guy. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I think the Classics version is super cool, but nothing beats the original for me. Oh, yeah. It was just like 55 vending machine prizes as an action figure. <laughs> yeah, and the possibilities were endless. As they said in the commercial, there were, I don't know, let's say 700,000 different ways to transform him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he had a crazy backstory, too. Like, you know, you don't think of him as uh, a top-tier, top-level guy. And he's really not, but he's got this crazy backstory. He didn't fit into the hierarchy yeah. at all. Like, he sort of existed. He was almost like his own guy. Yeah. Like, he yeah. worked for Hordak, but, you know, he had two brains, and they were both saying, we got two brains. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Yeah. He was like a scientist, so that's how they got away with them saying he could do all this crazy stuff, and he um, sometimes he had appendages, but other times he had a second head. Sometimes he didn't. Right. And then sometimes he had guns for arms, you that's know? That's true. He totally did. Guns for arms. Guns and... for arms. Could you imagine? And he was also red and had two heads, so... So he's so automatically like, a favorite. His pro column is like as long <laughs> as a fucking boat. Well, the con column could be as long as a boat. As long as he's red and has two heads, he's good in your book. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> With 22 changeable parts, he's from the evil horde and masters of the universe. Other figures he sold separately from Mattel. Number seven. Face the evil hook of Trap Jaw. Trap Jaw, Battle Cat, and He Man each sold separately, straight not included. That hook won't stop He Man. In Trap Jaw, we use his vicious claw. Still no contest. Speaking of favorite Masters of the Universe action figures, uh, my favorite of all time, Trap Jaw. Not really, your favorite of all time. Yeah, my favorite Masters of the Universe figure ever is Trap Jaw. And in the mini comics, he was introduced as a sort of like a like an ex-con from a different dimension. In the in the comics, he wasn't an imbecilic sort of lackey to. Well, he was on the cartoon, right? Yeah, in the cartoon, he became more of the you know like a beast man or a merman, uh, but he was more threatening in the comic. So anyway, he was blue. He had a maroon helmet, green face, green belt, and he had an arm. That was, it could be a gun or a hook, and you could change it out, right? Yep. So anyway, he also had on his helmet, there was a circle, and you could make him like zip line down a string. So in the way, in the commercial, the way they boasted about him was that like, you know, this zip line thing was like a feature he had, right? Right. But it didn't come with the string. No, and string it, not included. But yes, I guess we should have realized that they were going to shove bakery twine in with your action figure. Well, I mean, like, let's be honest. I don't know what the going rate for string was in the early 80s. The, but the going think... rate is a lawsuit from all the kids that we got to choke on it. <laughs> Ask your parents' permission for a piece of string. <laughs> so the reason why I, I went with Trap Joe is because one day, well, one night, I should say, when I first got him, uh, my dad was like, okay, well, let's see what this guy can do. So I guess we were reading the package, uh, reading the box, and my dad sets up this whole string so he could zip line down it, right? Right. So he ties it in the kitchen from the freezer handle okay. uh, on, the, on the refrigerator. 
all the way down the stairs into the den uh, to the bottom of the banister, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was insane. So I made Trap Jog <laughs> zipline like 45 times in an hour. Right? Holy fuck. Yeah, I was. I loved it. I, ha- I was having the best time, right? And then, of course, what happened was like as I finally started getting a little bit tired of it, uh, my mom said, okay, well, you're taking this down, right? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. Like, you know, because you can't walk to the to the sink. So you get clotheslined. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, something that simple is putting an action figure on a piece of string and watching it <laughs> zip line down the and, and have it be the most entertaining thing you think best. you've ever seen. Yeah, it was the best thing ever, right? <laughs> totally. You could watch the commercial. And they show that aspect of them, the zipline aspect. They and- practically treat it like it's his main feature. And keep in mind, this is a guy with fucking metal shark teeth and interchangeable arms. Yeah, yeah. His, it's his, not like he had nothing else going on. Yeah, his iron jaw moved. Yeah. He could stick stuff in his mouth a little bit, you know? It's like the gods of Eternia definitely smiled upon this guy. It's like, you know what? We're going to let you do everything. Yeah, but the, yeah, you're right. The first thing in the commercial is like, watch this guy zipline on string. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he has a gun for hand. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he can stick something in his mouth and he can bite it with his iron sharp jaws. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, question: Since you're such you're so big on the He-Man fandom, yeah, is this like a common pick for number one? I could see it. I don't know. Uh, I know that they really gave him a little bit of a, his time in the sun in the. 2002 cartoon but i i want to say he was sort of like a um, ancillary character but i i just really went with him because i liked his look a lot you know and and i think there was some really cool stuff in some of the mini comics where there was one part where um he-man once threw water on his jaw and his jaw locked up so i like i did he couldn't talk you know i thought that was fantastic <laughs> oh that he-man that yeah. rascal he was, he's so crafty. Yeah. The character himself, I won't say he's like my favorite character, but the figure, that original figure, is definitely my favorite of the entire line. Like a Frankenstein football player mixed with Terminator. <laughs> yeah. And guns for hands. Yeah. <laughs> Good pick. Number eight. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the universe. Live the adventure. So next for me is the Masters of the Universe movie from 1987, which I did not see in theaters, but once that thing hit television, I was all over it all the time. Yeah. Like, my interest in the toys was probably waning by then. In fact, I know it was. This had to be like could have been as like late as 1989 by the time it hit cable mm-hmm. but man i love that movie well i, I know that you're on the fence about <laughs> it i'm actually not on the fence i'm on the other side of the fence like really? several miles away yeah no and you're right though this is one of the problems with the film is that it came out well after the series was popular you know he-man had died down a lot and right. i mean i've read i've read books on that subject the thing the fact is that they didn't know it was going to happen like they basically set the bar for toy lines mm-hmm. and it was after he-man that everyone realized that these things have a shelf life and if you top load it on the back end you're going to get fucked <laughs> so, top load on the back end get fucked <laughs> top, yeah, pretty much <laughs> 
But no, I'm with you. It did come yeah. out too late. And explaining the plot would take way too many hours. But the gist is that you had Dolph Lundgren, the T-Man, right. and Frank Langella as Skeletor. Right. Frank and, Langella. And, and you know... Are you, wait but, a minute. Are you, you don't care about Frank Langella like I do? No, I do care. But I think you skipped over one very important aspect that I have to throw in. And there may be three people listening who don't know who Dolph Lundgren is. And he, he was Drago from Rocky IV. Just need to throw that in there. The reason I'm not making a bigger deal out of him is because I'm having a lot of trouble with his last name. <laughs> okay, so Frank Langella as Skeletor. Even after all these years, I can't believe that Langella played Skeletor. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't like the movie, but you have to admit that that guy gave it his all. Apparently, the director saw Skeletor as sort of like a bisexual sadist hell-bent on cradling the heads of women while whipping men in their underwear. And I know that sounds a little <laughs> bit sketchy, but it fucking worked. <laughs> See, I, I, you know, when you put it that way, it's like the movie is all right. It's just not good as a He-Man movie. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's more like, yeah. I mean, it's it's far closer to Star Wars set on Earth than Masters of the Universe. Right, right. But, damn, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably put it in my top 20. Well, I mean, you haven't seen all the best movies ever, so. <laughs> but, you, you know, what you mentioned before is like, we're talking about the mini comics. Uh, this was so far removed from what you read in the mini comics. If you were a kid in the early eighties and reading those mini comics, there's nothing like this film. At what, all, what you know? he man stalking outside a Kentucky fried chicken hiding in the bushes. That wasn't in the mini comics <laughs> with a cape and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want innocent people to die. And you know, none of the characters look like they did in the cartoon or the mini comic at all. If you look at the mini comics, it was way more like a Conan, you know, or you know, something more like a sword and sorcery type thing. Right. You know, this is it was this that, was like, a said, futuristic. Version. It was like Star Wars. Yeah, it was more like if somebody packaged it and said the new adventures of He Man in space, sort of, but on Earth as well. That's a whole different story. With Corbin yeah, that's Co- actually a story they told a year later. Yeah. <laughs> When I, I saw it in the theaters, my dad took me to see it. And the first thing I said when I left was that the, none of the characters looked the same as, or looked the way I wanted them to look. Because I said, how come Beastman looked like Grizzlor? I remember saying that to my dad. <laughs> he did look a lot more like Grizzlor. So much so that you almost imagine that he is Grizzlor. And they just figured Beastman had more name value. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, they put a lot of thought into that decision. <laughs> But speaking of Beastman, like, he was the worst of a troop of awesome villains. The creature designs in that movie are unbelievably good. I agree. I mean, there's some really good aspects of the film. I I just have a tough time because I think if someone was to give me money and say, hey, you're making a He-Man movie, it would definitely be based off of the early lore of Masters of the Universe. Because I feel like that's where the more exciting stuff and the more legendary stuff happens. See, I'm surprised you're not giving it a pass just solely based on a young Courtney Cox being in it. I love Courtney Cox. I know. And, you know, as a fellow Family Ties fan. Yes. Weren't you upset that she got the shaft in the final season? Yeah, I am a huge So this was like her redemption when you saw it later. It's like, oh, okay. I know she got screwed over by Alex, but now she's got the cosmic key. I didn't like Gwildor because, it, you know, you knew he was supposed to be Orko. Yeah, he was definitely a stand-in for Orko, but what are you going to do? Orko's a fucking faceless floating ghost. Yeah, and they didn't want to pay for the effects, so... <laughs> there's, 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 
what are you gonna have a CG orco in 1987 movie? They could have just made him animated. They've done that before. Yeah. But, I mean, look, look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit a couple years later, or a year later, I should say. Yeah. Okay. But no, I I don't hate the film. I just wanted it to be more like what I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, fortunately, it sounds like this next one is going to be a little closer to what you want. Uh, if it ever gets made, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. Number nine. So you remember how you mentioned how you wanted Modulok so bad. I wanted to have Bo from She-Ra really bad, believe it or not. And it wasn't actually because I wanted Bo. Bo is uh, She-Ra's male friend. Yeah, he's sort of like Robin Hood meets Cupid. <laughs> yeah, that's an accurate description. And he's one of the male regulars of the cast. And he was released in the She-Ra action figure line. And and I guess asking for him from Santa was like my way of getting a piece of the She-Ra series, She-Ra action figure series, without asking for any of the girl figures. Right. You didn't want to own up to it. You kind of wanted to sneak your way in. And yeah, and it wasn't even so much that I didn't want to, because deep down I did want to. I wanted all the figures. I thought they no. were... Yeah, I'm with and I, you. And I loved She-Ra as a show because at that point, by the time She-Ra came on, She-Ra the series was kicking He-Man's ass. It was just such a better show at that point, you know, because it started to just really just take over. Yeah. The figure line, I did. I actually didn't like the She-Ra figure line because I didn't think they looked like the, their cartoon characters either. So I had a tough time. No, with they those. were kind of crude. Yeah, and they were definitely more like doll-like with the real hair and everything. So I was like, eh, I can't see myself actually collecting these. But at that point, a young boy wasn't to ask for She-Ra figures. It was really a different world back I'm then. I'm totally with you. I've written a lot about this over the years. The line drawn between boys' toys and girls' toys, mm -hmm. that was a sharp fucking line, and you did not cross it. Yeah. Like, I've taken shit for saying this, but, like, people don't understand. If you didn't grow up back then, if you broke those rules, it was like social suicide. Yeah. My private life, I was head over heels for popples. But if I said that shit at the schoolyard, the kids would have quartered me. Yes. That's exactly what you're you're thinking about in the back of your mind. And, and it, for me, it wasn't even so much. It was like, yeah, my friends probably, I would have got shit from them. But it was also like family members too, because they're, you know, they, somebody might look at my Christmas list and be like, well, why does Jay want She-Ra figures? Because that's the first question they would have asked back then. And I don't think that really happens now. It's not as much as No, prevalent. Thank, thank God it doesn't happen now. But it's like, it's true. It's like, sometimes people act surprised when I talk about this. I'm like, wow you know lucky you if you didn't grow up in a culture of shame like the <laughs> yeah. rest of us yeah exactly it's like where every fucking move was scrutinized and one false one was the end of you yeah it was so bad for me that i distinctly remember telling my mother that i only watched Shiro to see hordak like this middle-aged woman with a sick husband really gave a shit why i watched certain cartoons <laughs> just fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah i I never wanted to, you know, get into detail with that. So I was like, yeah, just uh, get me Bo. He's the one guy in the show, so it's all right, you know. So, But it all tied into this whole female action figure thing. So at the same time, maybe a little bit earlier, uh, maybe a couple years earlier, when the Tila figure came out, 
I wanted Tila also. So the way I worked that one was I wanted to buy it for my sister to have, right, as a uh -huh. gift, right? So I said I want her to hold on to it because I felt that gesture might get her to play action figures with me, right? So but really, you just wanted access to Tila without actually saying you wanted it. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, it, it didn't work out the way I wanted to because Tila always wound up sitting on top of her dresser in her bedroom. And it always made it really weird because when I needed Tila for an adventure, I had to go sneak into my sister's bedroom and go on my tippy toes to try to, <laughs> to take the Tila figure off the top of her dresser. And it was... <laughs> so it was like i was Catherine zeta jones in entrapment trying to maneuver around <laughs> with the lasers <laughs> pink panther music playing in the background yeah so like the whole boy has a girl action figure thing was sort of frowned upon back then and uh but it leads directly long story short to uh how i am now <laughs> to have buying Tons of female action figures. Right. You, I'm free. Yeah, you're like a six-year-old girl. <laughs> and yeah. you don't give a shit. And that's like that's great. Like, that's how it should be. And finally, it seems like that's changed. Yeah, no constraints anymore, you know. And it shouldn't matter, you know. Yeah. really shouldn't matter, So I mean, if people are going to get on our case for buying those toys, it's not because they're girls' toys. It's because we're fucking 60 years old. <laughs> Number 10. The slime pits are overflowing, and slime is erupting all over the universe. I love slime. It's baseless, mindless, spineless, and now it's free. It's free. Free when you buy any two Masters of the Universe figures. Get a free can of slime at participating stores until May 31st. Or until slime supplies run out. All right, so I really couldn't do this podcast without mentioning Masters of the Universe slime. Mmm. I like that pick. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Mattel sold cans of this gloppy green slime under the Masters of the Universe banner because back in the 80s, like, you had to. If you were an action figure line, you had to have your own slime. Mm -hmm. It was most famously used with the slime pit, which was this, like, medieval electric chair where you'd pour the goop over some action figure and then, like, pretend he was a zombie. Yeah. And yeah, and, th and then that, that was the whole point is that they would turn them, turn the guy into, like, a zombie slave. Right, which is like if you're like a little kid and you you know if you're into He-Man, you're probably into some twisted shit. <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna lie, like when Adora was standing over He-Man when he was all tied up, I was like, hmm, you know, <laughs> not bad. Uh, so yeah, you were totally into like turning all of your random He-Man figures into slaves. But I also just really like the slime on its own. Like the instructions treated it like it was a living sort of monster. Mm -hmm. So it's like a pet. Sort of like your pet slime. Yeah. Did you? I mean, you did that too, right? Yeah, pet slime. I had a pet slime. Cool. <laughs> but I would. I never wanted to get my action figures slimed because it, I was like too anal with them. I never wanted them to get dirty. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Yeah, I can totally see you being that way. <laughs> You're the worst with that kind of stuff. Yeah, but like I would go to my friends' houses and they'd have like figures and GI Joe figures like in the mud in their backyard, and I'd be like. What is wrong with you, you fucking savages? <laughs> well, and you're still like that because all right, I'm going to tell a quick story here. I got you a Christmas present. It was a certain figure in a certain window box. Yeah. It arrived. I told you that I got it. And the reason I told you is because it had like a basically one-fourth of a centimeter dent in one corner of the box. 
And I'm like, Jay, is this going to be too much for you to handle? And you said, yes. <laughs> so I had to send it back and get a new one. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad. But yeah, the slime and the slime pit. Well, what's interesting is that I remember you writing one time about the uh, Harry Potter line had a, a similar kind of homage to the slime pit in their line. Right. Well, Motella had that slime thing going for since like the 70s. Like they used to sell it with little like plastic eyeballs in it and just call it like monster slime. Yeah. So they just kept repeating it all throughout the 80s and even into the 90s and even into like the 2000s, I guess. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. I don't know if it was always the same formula, but they used the same logo the whole time. Do you remember I got you the uh, slime color forms? I think it was. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm saying. That's yeah. from the uh, 70s, I think. Yeah, yeah, or 70s or 80s or and something. The yeah. slime, and this is a totally not He-Man playset. Like it's all just swamp monsters, basically. Mm-hmm. But the slime logo is the same one they used. Yeah, you're right, because it was almost like they were without any of the kids realizing it, they were like merging two different properties, the slime property and He-Man. Right. It was like He-Man was so big that it absorbed this long lived and trusted brand. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Just a little trivia for the purple stuff podcast listeners. And the, the slime pit commercial, if anybody checks it out is awesome. Cause at the end, like the whole screen gets enveloped in the slime and it starts oozing down the screen. Yeah. Like here's the thing. If you like the slime pit playset is kind of just this cumbersome non playset. Yeah. It's basically a chair. <laughs> it's like, you know, compared to Grayskull and Snake Mountain in the Fright Zone, it's like, oh my God, who got me this piece of shit? I mean, I loved it, but let's, let's be real. Yeah. But that commercial sold the hell out of it. Yeah. Hey kids, enjoy this 30 seconds of sick and twisted zombie slave action slime. <laughs> bonched, bonched. So one last thing about the slime, and yeah. you, you know, you said you wouldn't put it on your figures. I was the opposite. Not only did I put it on my figures, I went for the ones that I knew weren't supposed to get it, like Mossman and like oh. Spikeor and like any anybody that could be ruined. I deliberately ruined. Oh god! I don't know why. It's like I just felt like I had to do it. It wasn't like I was happy afterwards. If anybody should not be slimed, it should be Mossman. That's yeah. Like the in fact, I think they even guy. came with like in the instruction manual. They basically have like you know the no ghost logo over a little bit of slime <laughs> falling on Mossman's head. Yeah, like do please, please do not slime yeah. Mossman. You know the fine print always sucks, but this one really sucks because who wouldn't want to slime Mossman first just to see what would happen? The irresistible or... <laughs> force meaning the immovable object. <laughs> Yeah, don't sign Mossman or any of the She-Ra figures because they have real hair. Real hair. Yeah. <laughs> slime. 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 <laughs> punch, punch. What do you punch a bug? You punch, punch something. slime. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Number 11. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. That's so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beast-Man playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. My last memory kind of coincides with some of the other themes that I've been hitting on. And you know how there's knockoff action figures? Mm-hmm. Occasionally there's knockoff playsets. And um, I had the misfortune of having a long string of knockoff figures and knockoff playsets in my life. Yep. 
And this one was a knockoff sort of of Castle Grayskull. It's called Castle Zendo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the backstory. I wanted Castle Grayskull so bad, right? And my parents said it was too expensive, but it was probably really just their way of saying, ask Santa for it. Right. In the meantime, they got me this Castle Zendo, which was from a line called The Other World. Right, by a famous gas peddlers, Arco. <laughs> yeah, Arco, yeah. So, they're and what they were is like basically knockoff He-Man figures, but they were these bendable rubber figures uh, that were, they sort of looked really cool as like background uh, creatures and beasts for your He-Man figures. Right. But and they were cheaper too, so like the price point was a little cheaper. So when you're in the aisle, you know, if you have a parent who's looking at He-Man and they're five bucks, these might be three. You know, right. so they were like a little bit more enticing, even though nobody really wanted them because <laughs> they were not He-Man. Right? So, they were like they were like a good thing to get if you were like good at the dentist, but not <laughs> if you wanted a He-Man figure. Right. But this Castle Zendo was actually pretty cool, and you could tell it was definitely inspired by some of this other stuff like, you know, He-Man and and Conan and stuff like that. So I did eventually get Castle Grayskull from Santa Claus, but the Castle Zendo was still hanging around, so I wound up using that as Snake Mountain until... I had to go and pitch my wow, yeah, pitch my thing for Snake Mountain because then it was a whole other campaign. God, the, I, you know, you had to campaign to get right, the- right. Like yeah. you had to map out a strategy if you wanted to place that. This wasn't yeah. like this wasn't like, Mom, can we go to the store? Mom, can we go? No, yeah. this was like, this was big- Ma, I, I'm dying. I have kid, you know, I'm fucking kidneys are gone. I have two months to live, and I need Snake Mountain, right? So yeah, so Castle Zendo, it came with like a it came with a play mat that had like a moat and you know, it was pretty neat. It, it was it was very crude. Pretty but... neat. It was way neat. That thing looked like a cross between Hell and Excalibur in Vegas. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, of course having stayed at the Excalibur, I guess that's a perfect example of same difference. <laughs> that is a good uh, assumption there, yeah. But the irony is that that playset is probably more expensive today. I was going to say, yeah, to get, I mean, you're not going to find a mint in box. If you find mint in box Castle Zendo, you're going to spend thousands. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you get a mint one out of the box, it's going to be like $400. Uh, I've seen them go for like 450 and upwards on eBay. And even the figures, if you find them in the box, they're like $250. It's insane. Like, I, love I mean, that. I love not, that little stupid line. Yeah, they're crazy. If, if you ever look up, if anybody wants to look up uh, other world figures by Arco, Two words, Lava Man. Okay, Ooh, I, got, La- I, don't, I have to look this. Guy you up. have to look up Lava Arco Man. Lava Man. Yeah, other world figures. Holy shit! <laughs> he looks like that guy from a uh, Hellraiser, Frank. <laughs> he he's like he's like Frank, but made out of kid-friendly baloney. <laughs> I mean, is he not like the creepiest? He's like the creepiest yet friendliest guy ever. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he's friendly because he's coming. He's posed perennially <laughs> yeah. to come like he's gonna hug you. He's gonna hug you, yeah. Come here, come here. Don't worry that I'm flesh inside out and black veins. Yeah, he's either gonna hug you or murder you. Yeah, what a cool looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I eventually got my Castle Grayskull and eventually got my Snake Mountain, and all was well. And then I still had Castle Zendo, which, 
you know, if I was smart enough back then, I probably should have held on to it. But, you know, you live and you learn. I like that pick. I can't believe you had that playset. <sighs> yeah, I had almost that whole line of other world figures. I think what happened was it just snowballed. Like somebody probably got me one and it's like, oh, now I need the rest of them, you know? <laughs> right. I love those little guys that are in that set. Those little like. Oh, yeah. The little, yeah, the little guys with the huge heads and the clubs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Even those little things are like 20 bucks at least now. Yeah. I mean, and it'd be amazing to know if anybody has like full sets of these. They should totally re-release these and sell them for, for nothing. Sell them for like a dollar each. Mm, I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they do that with, um, didn't they come out with like muscles again? For, like just calling them yeah i mean they're not i mean they're not a dollar a piece but yeah yes they did wow i'm looking at these pictures i actually had a few of these things too i had this this weird upright lizard dude well that's the thing you you know if you go to like a flea market or a uh like a garage sale and you're looking through like a box of junk you're bound to see one of these because the people don't know that these things are like gold at this point Right, because they look almost like generic things you'd buy out of a basket at the fucking five and dime. Right. So the next time you need gasoline, get out of the dark and compare Arco prices. You could see things in a whole new light. Number 12. Okay, now I'm going to tell you the story from memory, so I, I hope I can pull it off. Okay. So I think it was 2002 when the Masters of the Universe line resurged. Right. And to kick it all off, they had a big event at the former Toys R Us in Times Square. Mm -hmm. So it was like the debut of the toys. It was their first chance to get them. And to celebrate, they had He-Man and Skeletor both there. Costume characters. Now keep in mind, these are He-Man and Skeletor as they appeared in the 2002 series. Right. So you had like a taller, leaner Mm He-Man. And a Skeletor kind of looked like like almost like a pool toy. (laughs) <laughs> like a flotation device sort of but but the cost the uh costumes were were accurate to the show they were accurate to the show and as if this wasn't all enough on its own who is emceeing the event but none other than mario lopez ac slater ac slater oh my god yeah so oh my god is right because he gets on the microphone and like he wasn't holding an index card, but he might as well have been because he rattles off this like minute long speech about how much he loved He-Man as a kid, but you can't hear a fucking word of it. Cause it's a Toys R Us house mic, which is usually used to like help people stock shelves and shit. <laughs> so you kind of hear him say, and you're just like sitting there saying, wow, this is fucking surreal. I just drove two and a half hours to watch Mario Lopez introduce He-Man. Did he introduce him as Preppy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And he was, like, wearing this, you know, he always wears that baby blue sweater. Yeah. So he's, like, shiny. Like, he's, he's bluer than Skeletor. Like, he's, like, he's, like, fucking glowing, and he's standing there. So you get your figures. You get them signed by the four horsemen, who were yep. very awesome. Yes. Uh, they've done a lot of work. They're still doing a lot of great work, and yep. they're just the nicest guys to meet. Yep. And, you know... The 2002 line, I don't know how fans feel about it. Like, I get that it's a lot different, but there are parts of it that I really liked. You know, about the the Four Horsemen, real quick. Back when I used to do a radio, one of the Four Horsemen, his nickname is Corn Boy. Yeah. He used to call me and request songs. 
Really? When I, yeah, it was. And I'm like, when he first taught, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Because I love, I mean, I'm a huge Masters of the Universe fan. And like for him to call me and talk to me, like at first I didn't realize. And then we started talking. It's all like late at night. He'd be calling me asking for rock songs. It was the coolest thing in the world. That's so yeah, they see like they all seem like really good dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like like I was expecting them just kind of like sign and pass along, but you could have stood there and talked to them for a half hour if you wanted to, and the place was fucking packed. Was AC Slater doing like super pose downs with He Man? Well, let me get to this. Is where the story gets good. <laughs> so it's almost like a a guided tour where they sort of shuffle you. Like first you stay online. Now you're going to watch this, and now you're going to go get your, your figures. Now you're going to go pay for your figures. Now you're going to get your figures signed. Mm-hmm. Then the last stage of the event, before you get kicked out of the fucking chocolate factory, <laughs> is you get to pay for a Polaroid picture of you standing with He-Man and Skeletor and Mario Lopez. <laughs> so Please somewhere, in the, somewhere in the bowels of, of this oh. office, there is a Polaroid of me standing there like a fucking asshole. Oh. You know, making a pose with Mario Lopez and surrounded by fucking giant He-Man and Skeletor. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, so like I get outside the Toys R Us and I'm just sort of standing there for a minute. And I'm in the middle of fucking Times Square and it's like, god, the real world is so boring. (laughs) I want to go back. In the middle of Times Square. Yeah. Yet yet, uh, yet you just stepped out of Eternia. (laughs) Right, right. It was just just totally nuts. (laughs) Bayside Eternia. Yes. That's awesome. What a freaking story. There's you see right there, ladies and gentlemen, that is a story that you can only hear on the Purple Stuff podcast. <laughs> Mario Lopez meets He-Man and Skeletor and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. <laughs> if you add this to your news sites, please credit the Purple Stuff podcast. <laughs> it's going to be on all the RSS feeds tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. That's awesome. Thanks. Get saved by the bell. Hello. And California Dream. Excellent. Starting August 8th on Channel 11. Okay, so what is your favorite uh, memory out of all of our memories of of the night so far? Well, I feel like it's cheating to pick one of mine, so I'm going to pick one of yours. Okay. I think it's the Trap Jaws zipline story. Yeah. Because I could totally relate to that whole idea of just being totally infatuated with absolutely nothing yeah like my action figure is moving under its own power it means it's alive we can never take down the string (laughs) i know it's it's the simple stuff man i i wish i could be that enthusiastic about something like that now right you could see your like limbs falling off and you'd muster less of a fuss I know. I could see my arm falling off and getting get replaced with a black machine gun. Yeah, and be less enthusiastic than having a, a zip line built into my head. Trap J. <laughs> oh yes. I I would say if I had to choose from yours, it would be hands down the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, that was a amazing moment in Masters of the Universe lore. It's nice to see it finally getting its due. Amazing moment in American history. Yeah, totally. I don't know if you saw that other He-Man book that came out, which is also great. That sort of like encyclopedia. Yeah. They have a full two-page spread, I think, of the concept art for that thing. Yeah. And you could see why they thought it was going to be hot shit, because it was cool to see on television, but Mm -hmm. in concept art, it looked like the entirety of the Motu universe just condensed into this little ball. 
<laughs> they did cram a lot into one float, I'll tell you that. Yep. Just like we crammed a lot into this show. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say a little too much. <laughs> well, it's been a jam-packed Purple Stuff podcast. want to thank everybody for listening and subscribing. We appreciate it. And giving us those five-star reviews on iTunes. <laughs> okay, I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. And I am Robato. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.